Hi everyone and welcome to our Sunday gathering. My name is Philippa and I'm on team here at St Paul Shadwell. And if you're joining us for the first time, we're in the middle of a series called Fuel where we're journeying through the book of Acts, digging into the story to discover what it might mean to live lives that are fueled by the Holy Spirit. Last week, Phil was speaking to us about having fuel for courage, about being fully assured people who know who we were created to be and what we're called to do. And that question of identity is such an important one, especially right now when so many of our anchor points about what it means to follow Jesus might have been taken away or look really different to how they were before. And I just want to echo Phil's hope for where we are right now, that we don't just go through this season, but that we might grow through it, even amongst all the chaos and hardship that many of us have been facing. I'm hopeful that this really could be an incredible time of growth for each of us, not in banana bread making or learning our language or any other lockdown cliche, but in genuine desire to know God's heart, to follow where he leads, fueled by the Holy Spirit. So let me pray for us as we come to God's word now. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word, for the story we find ourselves in as your people. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you fuel us, energise us as we come to your word? We love you, Jesus. Amen. So today I wanted to speak to us about being fueled to speak. We know that we are a people who are called to speak about Jesus, to tell others about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Now, before you switch off or think, oh no, not evangelism, I just want to encourage you that, uh, just like most of us, this is the bit I find more of a challenge. We all have these visions, don't we, of trying to explain to colleagues or friends or family what it is we believe and just being met with blank stares or people thinking that we're weird. The reality is that many of us are fearful about speaking about Jesus. So there are two characters in this chunk of Acts that I wanted to look at today, Stephen and Philip, both men who had been chosen as leaders by the early church for being known to be full of the spirit, prayed for and commissioned by the apostles both who boldly performed signs and wonders in Jesus' name, who boldly spoke the word of God and proclaimed the gospel, but with very different outcomes. So let me start with Stephen. It says in Acts 6 that Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power and performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as they spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We've heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and elders and teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. But we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. 
all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Stephen then stands up in front of the high priest and preaches the most incredible sermon. You can go read it in Act 7 and you should. And if you ever wanted a summary of the story of God's people, that's it. Stephen goes through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Solomon. Fueled by the Spirit, Stephen stands up to remind the people and elders and teachers of the law of the incredible story of his people and their history with boldness and courage, calling high priests out for missing the call of the Spirit and denying Jesus, which makes them furious. And they drag him out of the city and stone him to death. And then in Act 8, we find the story of Philip, who in the same way had been moving about, performing signs and wonders and speaking the gospel with great authority. And he's then told by the Spirit to go down to a particular road where he meets an Ethiopian eunuch who's like a palace official in his chariot trying to read the scriptures. And Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And he invites Philip up into his chariot to speak with him. And then it says, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went out down into the water and Philip baptised him. These two stories are both incredible acts of real courage, fueled and directed by the Holy Spirit. As Stephen and Philip boldly spoke the word of God, and explained it clearly to others. And what strikes me about both of them the most is that they both knew the story they had to speak and that they told it when it really mattered. Clearly, you know, from these stories, we can see that this story of the God who's been making himself known throughout time and who's made himself available to every person through his son, Jesus, is a matter of life or death. Stephen proclaimed this story and he gladly died for it. Philip did the same and it brought life through baptism to the Ethiopian man. And we know this is true, that the story we speak to the world, the stories we speak over ourselves and other people, they matter. So this is my first challenge to us today, to myself, to myself and to you. What would it take for you, firstly, to know your story? Let's forget about speaking just for a minute and think about what the story is that we're telling. What is your story? What is your story of being with Jesus? Where did you first meet him? Who introduced you to him? What does it mean to you to follow him? How have you changed because of him? And these questions, this is all worth 
spending time reflecting on if we're going to be people who are ready to speak the word of God at any moment. It says in 1 Peter that you should always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Why do you have hope in Jesus? Let's never underestimate the power of the story we have the privilege to tell. When Stephen stood up to speak, he was able to tell the whole history of the people of God and how his following Jesus fitted into it. Now, I'm not saying you necessarily need to be able to like, list off the story of 12 Old Testament prophets at a moment's notice, but when we come to scripture, we should always be asking ourselves where our personal stories interact with what we're reading. How is the story of God's people in the Bible becoming part of our story now? Because my story is that I grew up in the church, I was raised to follow Jesus, I fell in love with the church and felt a call to leadership and here I am. But my story is also this, this, that I was created by God that I am a sinner along with the rest of this world, that no matter how hard I try, I contribute daily to corrupt systems, that I'm selfish and lazy and narcissistic, but God himself has given himself up for me so that I might have a life that is totally given up for him. That even though the world looks like a tragic place that is crumbling around me, I can have a genuine hope that all is not lost because of him. That is worth giving my life for. Just like Stephen did there in that moment, and Philip did as he continued to move about preaching for the rest of his life and raised his daughters to prophesy. And this isn't just my story, but it's our shared story. It's the narrative of who we have been, who we are, and who we're becoming in him. Our history and our future. Do you know your story? As we were reminded last week, the apostles were just ordinary, unschooled men, but the stories they told caused people to stop in their tracks and to know that these men had been with Jesus. So maybe you know your story now, there's just a the small matter of actually telling your story. The incredible thing about both Stephen and Philip's stories is that they are fueled, inspired and directed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills them both, gives them faith to follow the nudges and guidance he gives them, makes it possible for them to speak eloquently and confidently. The Spirit directs their movements and guides them towards people, showing them the way. And the Spirit gives them boldness for Stephen even to speak, knowing his life was in danger. Stories are incredibly powerful things. Both my girls love a story. They absolutely love to be read to. So every night before bed, we sit and we read stories. Sometimes, I have to admit, we rush through them and try to skip pages to get them into bed quicker. We almost never get away with that, by the way, but sometimes we sit for ages reading lots of books when we have a bit more energy. But it's not just bedtime. Uh, Phoebe, especially, has no real concept of when an appropriate time for a story is. She just sort of sidles up to me with the book in her hand, 
even if I'm in the middle of putting shoes on, making dinner or on the toilet, as far as she's concerned, it is story time. And I actually think we're all a bit like that. We all love a good story, don't we? That's why we love films and TV series and even Instagram stories. We can't get enough of hearing about other people's lives, their encounters and their relationships. So what might it look like for us to be a bit more ready for story time? For us to commit to sidling up to people and being ready to share a story with them? Try not to do it while I'm on the toilet, though. What the stories of Stephen and Philip show us is that if we want to tell our story, our prayer should be, come Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit who orchestrates opportunities for us to tell the story he's given us to tell. And then it's the Spirit who gives us the boldness to tell it. Sometimes that really does look like speaking to a stranger totally out of the blue when the Spirit prompts. But... How much more often does it mean telling our story to a neighbour, a colleague we've known for years, even our own children or parents? This story we have to tell is a matter of life or death. And you know, we're privileged not to face persecution, persecution for speaking our story. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who do. But the gravity of this is still real. The story that is being spoken over the lives of those in our nation, those in our world who don't know Jesus, is that the world is a dark, dangerous place, full of corruption and greed and with no hope or future. But we have the honour of being people who carry a different story. That yes, the world is broken, but we have a saviour who loves us, who rescues us and who gives us hope beyond what we can see. So, what is your story? Who will you tell it to? Let's pray for the Spirit to fill us and fuel us to speak. Holy Spirit, would you come as we worship you now? and show us who you are. Fuel us to speak in your name.